Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. All right, so let me give y'all an idea of what's going on right now. The Marvel Sermon Series bumper should be playing, and it's really awesome. And then I should be introducing, after the 30-second promo video, week two of Marvel, which I have completed, which is in 10 seconds could be on the TV. It's done. This, in six years of being the pastor of this church, has never happened to me. But this morning, okay, so let me back up. Friday, uh, Thursday maybe, I, the Lord just downloaded something in me. and he, it, It's something that I've read dozens of times, but how many of y'all know sometimes when you're reading the Bible? This is why it's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but it's not always the same to me. I know y'all are going to be quiet, but that was already good. I'm dropping bombs on you, and you're just sitting there like this. You can't be looking at me like this if it's good. Come on, I need you to say, yep. That sometimes you read a word that you've read many times before, and you go, why didn't I see that like forever ago? I'm 37. Why didn't you see that 30, 20? Can we get with 10 years ago? Can I at least be 27 when I got this? Like, why did this take so long? But I don't care. I'm thankful that it came today and and. Thursday. And so I knew that I was supposed to tie this in with my message, but watch this. This is what we do with God is I had the message done and I was reading over my slides when I got here this morning and I was like, I like it just the way it is. So I don't think I'll use Ephesians chapter one. And as, as surely as I'm standing here, the Lord said to me, nah, bro. He, he says bro to me. He may not say bro to y'all. <laughs> That's all you're going to use. God, what had happened was, like, so y'all don't know this about me, but I'm going to give it to you because this will tie in. I, I do not have notes when I preach. I think that y'all can tell that because I don't have a podium and a Bible, and so I just have a TV typically. And so that's like, it's not a teleprompter, though, where it has all the words I'm reading. I got some pastor buddies that literally read off a teleprompter. I'm going to tell you in about 20 minutes why that wouldn't be good for me. <laughs> wow be real bad. But I basically memorize the message. I love it. I dive in. It is not hard work for me. It's work, but it's not hard. I, I love to dig. I love to find out. So this is fun for me. I, and by Thursday, I've basically memorized what I'm going to say. I leave it alone. Sunday morning, I get up. I make sure I turn on a little bit more. Sometimes I get a little bit more, but I'm, I'm ready to roll. So today is not out of my comfort zone. I don't even know where the comfort zone is. I'm not, I'm not one of these people that believe you should wake up every morning and the Spirit will lead you. He will lead you, but, but he lets you prepare. Come on. But now that I just said that, I'm going to follow what the Lord said because I would rather be right in the Lord and wrong in your eyes than right in your eyes and wrong in the Lord. And he said to me, I'm not canning the message, by the way. I'm going to use it in a few weeks, but I'm going to do something totally different. And so I'm going to read you Ephesians chapter 1, a few verses, and if you have a Bible or a phone with a Bible app or whatever, I'm going to read out of the English Standard Version, but this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to take time this week 
and read it in the message version because I'm telling you, it is good. And I think it will be good for you to understand even more what I'm about to explain to you. But this is the bigger version of what I'm supposed to share with y'all today is God has shown me some things over the last several months and has taken me on a journey that I did not expect to go on and I did not know I needed to. And a lot of times what I think is the problem is we get comfortable where we are and we fail to remember that the Bible says that God wants to take us from grace to grace to grace so that we can go, listen, glory to glory to glory. But you can't go to the next level if you're unwilling to change. It's okay if you stay quiet, but I'm gonna, my feelings are going to be hurt. It, that's good. It, you have to be willing to change. Now, here's the problem. If I see you change and I like what you have and I try to change the way you change, that may not be what is supposed to happen for me. So when I see something that I like in you and I say, sweet, I wish I had yours, and I start wanting yours, I miss the whole point. So here's the point in a nutshell. God is showing me the problem. Someone say problem. Not my problem and not your problem, our problem. Because we're the body of Christ. So many times what we do is we criticize out there and think they're the problem. And we get sour and we watch the news and we start getting grumbly and we look at our president who half of y'all probably like and half of y'all probably don't, but everybody can agree that he's crazy sometimes and he needs to stay off Twitter. If y'all don't say amen now. Amen. But watch this. He ain't the problem. Somebody say, we're the problem. We're the problem because we believe they're the problem. We're the problem because we don't understand what we are. And we're the problem because, and this is number one, we have watered down this thing called Christianity at a level that cannot even be, comp can't even be understood. The biggest problem that I see today is the problem that I have found myself walking in. Now listen, I'm not even talking about necessarily the way that I walk. But sometimes the way that I speak, sometimes the way that I present the message of the gospel to you is we so want to be liked that we're unwilling to be us. And we have made what this is, which is walking with God, which is being in Christ, and we've made it easy. Now listen, his yoke is light and his burden is easy, but that does not mean that walking with him is always easy street. And whenever you counterfeit something, the problem with that is it may look good, sound good, and act good, but eventually the real thing is going to know the real thing. Somebody say, real, recognize, real. If you don't know what that means, just ask your neighbor. They can explain it to you. But, but that's the problem with today, y'all, is we don't know what we are. And whenever you begin to realize, holy crud, that's what God has for me. Holy crud, it, it doesn't matter what she's doing. My goodness, this is, this is about him and what he's done in me. You stop being envious of what everybody else has because you start looking and going, that ain't for me. Come on. That's good. One person liked it. And I'm married to her, so she gets paid to like it. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you stop. You know what I've noticed and I'm going to jump in in just a minute, but I feel, I feel a, something to say, kind of anoint, anointing today. So I've got something to say, and I'm going to say it. If y'all don't like it, take it up with Jesus. <laughs> you know, I've never gossiped about somebody when I've been riding the Lord. Because every time I gossip about somebody, it's what I think they should be behaving like, not me being concerned with their soul. 
I've never gossiped about somebody being concerned with their soul. And I've never gossiped with somebody hoping they can find their true identity in Christ. I've noticed that about me. Maybe this is just me, so it's okay if you're quiet today. Because we can just assume that I'm the only one that didn't really feel comfortable in my own skin in Christ. I've noticed that when I feel envious because you get a blessing in your life and I think that it belongs to me, that, that, that I'm not right in the Lord. And that it's not about what I've not done or done or all this stuff that I make it out to be. It's actually just a bad view of God. Because we've created this, this system. Don't miss this because I'm going to jump in now to Ephesians chapter 1 starting in verse 3. We've created this system where we think it's our job to fit in with culture. Can I just tell y'all something? It is not our job to fit in with culture. It's our job to be counter. Someone say counter. Counter-cultural. Because the Bible says, this is Jesus' words, if you love me, they will hate you because they hate me. And if everybody likes you, it's because you ain't got nothing to say. And that's most of us because we wear our Christian t-shirts, but our lifestyle reflects what everybody else's lifestyle reflects. Today, we're going to put hashtag instead of Marvel, unapologetic, because we're going to be unapologetic with this one, because this is not me. This is, the, well, I'm here, but I'm on assignment today. Are y'all with me? Yes. If you're with me, say yes. yes. Ephesians chapter one, I very rarely go old school and read it like this. But today we're going to preach more than we're going to teach. So I hope y'all are ready. It says, blessed be the God of our Father, the Lord Jesus, who has blessed us. It, it gets good right from the beginning, y'all, and then it gets gooder. <laughs> who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. I could stop and that's all I have to say, and it's a good message. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I am going to stop. Because, I ain't going to lean over that, it's weird. Whenever I worry about what you're getting, it means that I don't believe that my God can richly supply all my needs according to his riches in heaven. It means that I think that you should supply my needs. Watch this. Anytime I do something for you and hope that you'll do something back to me, it means that I think that you have to help me so that I get what I need so that I can accomplish my purpose on this earth. The reason that we can't be givers and lovers of people's souls is because we think, if I did this for you, bro, you should do this back. And it's because we don't believe that heaven provides us all we need. We think heaven gives us a little bit. Why is that the case? Well, you just going to have to wait because I'm going to get there. <laughs> praise the Lord. Someone say, praise the, praise the Lord. Even as he chose us. Hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? That God choose, chose me. Because I know all about me, and I'm not sure that I would have chosen me for the team. But I don't look at me the way that God looks at me. That'll preach right there, too. Amen, Pastor. Before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So that means, Pastor, what you're saying is that, that I've got to be good so that he loves me. Nope. It means that he created you so that he could do something. So that he could see you as holy and blameless. But something had to be done. What was that? He predestined us, meaning he predetermined before time began. He predetermined what my destiny was to be in him. He predestined us for adoption as sons. And I'm going to add daughters, but that just means both of us. As sons through Christ. 
according to the purpose of his will, not according to what I think is a good idea, not according to where I wish we could go, but according to his purpose in Christ. It's up to him. Someone say it's up to him. In him we have redemption. Let me, let me go back. To the praise, this verse 6, and his, of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. I need y'all to know that that's us. That, that the body of Christ is what the beloved is. It is not out there. It is not what we worry about. We spend, I would say, let me not give a percentage because I got no idea. Lots of our time worrying about things that aren't really supposed to be worried about. We should care for their soul and show them. Someone say show. show. We should show them. If all we are doing is talking, but we're not showing them with our lives, they ain't going to get it. Which is why they ain't getting it. It's okay, I'll keep preaching. My brother Will is the only one that's with me, but that's okay. Which with, and I said that backwards, but don't worry about it. With which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now, I'm going to close with that because I got something for you at the very end, but I got to keep going. Because this is really the whole point of the message right here. In him we have redemption. Someone say redemption. To redeem. Did you notice that it didn't say in him we have repairing? In him he fixes what's broken. In him he tries to make bad people good. It says in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses or our sin according to the riches of his grace. Remember, grace is favor, meaning the extension of God's hand to man. And he did it through the person of Jesus, and he does it every day through what he offers you. But when we don't look at him, we think that we've got enough to handle today. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. So here's where I want to sit for just a minute, and I'm going to keep going. Because back at the beginning I said, we just want to be part of the culture that we look like everybody else, that everything, and I'm not talking about your outward appearance, by the way, so please don't miss that point. Here's what I think the problem is. And the Lord just downloaded this on me Thursday, and I just had one of those, we call it at my house, a Holy Ghost fit, where I started running around the house getting excited. Some of that's true and some of it's not, but just go with it. I didn't really run. If y'all know what I'm talking about, I walk a lot, but... But I just had this excitement in my heart because I was like, yes, what in the world, Mark? I mean, I pastor and I believe this, but I don't know if I've walked in it. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but maybe it will in a second. Because what I think we think the problem is, is I came in here and I'm kind of jacked up, so I need fixing. So we hope that the pastor can deliver a good enough message to where I'll feel gooder than I did. I know it's better, but I'll feel a little bit gooder than I did when I came in here. Maybe I can, he can fix me up a little bit and maybe God will use him to do this thing. And maybe if I read my Bible three times this week, I can be a little bit fixed. And we think that God sent Jesus to repair our lives, not redeem our lives. But here's the problem with that. Exodus chapter 13. Don't turn there. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to quote it to you. It's, it's God giving Moses this idea of what it means to be redeemed. And it says if you have lambs, the firstborn has to be sacrificed, meaning the blood spilled, so that all of them can be redeemed. But if you have a donkey, I got some jokes right now. <laughs> I used to get called a donkey, but some of y'all don't know what that means. So you just tell your neighbor if they're really good people. 
My dad called me that when I worked for him, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. But the picture of a donkey was an unclean animal, watch, that could not be cleaned. It was impossible. So, so if you killed a donkey to make a sacrifice, it was pointless. It said that it could either be redeemed because of the lamb or it would have to be killed because it had no chance. So that means, and I don't want y'all to laugh too much because this really is the point. That means that just because Mary had a little lamb, that if Mary got rid of her lambs and all she had was little donkeys, that if she painted one of them white and put wool on it and decided, I'll try to kill this one because maybe because it looks good, it can set everybody else free. How many of y'all know that wouldn't work? But that's what we do in Christianity. We think that if we look good, and if we maybe talk a little Jesus, and if I got a Christian t-shirt, then I'm the real thing. But that is not the real thing. It's counterfeit because there had to be a real thing. John the Baptist said when he was walking into the city and Jesus was behind him, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is the one. He's the only one that was sinless. We are not possible. There is no possible way. There's nothing we can do to make this fixed. We are not just broken, we are dead. So the problem is not if you try harder. The problem is there's no hope except if the lamb's blood is shed. It's like this. This is what I picture when I think about this, y'all. If I had a car, and y'all were good at working on cars, and I said, I got a couple problems with my cars, you know, like the brakes need to be fixed, and I got my windshield wipers kind of jacked up, and I think the radiator needs to be repaired. And y'all come in and y'all replace all those things and it feels good and everything's working good. And then all of a sudden we turn the car, we turn the key and like nothing happens. And then we realize there's not even a freaking engine in the car. Do y'all know that without an engine, it ain't going to work? Yes. Is everybody, are y'all going to stay silent now? Because this is not rocket science. Do y'all know that without an engine, it doesn't work? What we try to do in Christianity is, is leave the engine in the car parts place because we don't realize that he wants to take out the old because it's dead and take on death so that he can put his life in us. And he says, stop worrying about what you used to be and start remembering what you are in me. We worry about fixing the stinking outside of the car and painting the car and doing all these things. He's like, no, I put my stuff in you. And the only way you could be redeemed, purchased, was not to get fixed, but to have something replace what was for what is now. We have a systematic thinking, believing problem in Christianity where we love the counterfeit because it's comfortable. Because if I do what they do, they're not mad at me. Y'all, I don't want to make anybody mad, and I just am crazy enough to believe that the Bible is true. And what Jesus said, it's not my will that anybody should perish. So if we walk according to what he's called us to walk in, many, 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 I believe millions of people who don't know Jesus will begin to. So why don't they? Thank you for asking. Because it says, making known, verse 9, to us the mysteries of his will. Pastor, what's God's will for my life? He placed it in you already. You just might not know because you don't know him. Because you know a counterfeit person that your mama told you you should do. But this ain't about your mama or your cousin too. This ain't about your pastor either. 
and I love you guys with all my heart. I'm so proud of some of y'all, and I love every one of you that even I don't know, but this is not my faith. This is your faith, and this is you beginning to be comfortable being you in Christ because his will is set forth in you. That does not mean people don't have words because if God gives you something to say, you should say it and encourage each other. But what it does mean is that you and the Holy Spirit in you are by far the best way to know God's will for your life. But if you don't know him, you can't know his will because it's, what is his will? It, well, it happens to be according to his purpose for you, which he set forth in Christ as the plan, watch this, for the fullness of time to unite all things to himself in heaven and on earth. And my goodness, we do not have enough time to get into all that. But that means that when you move in Christ, you don't just move earth, but you move heaven with you. And you can be in reconciliation everywhere. And watch. The reason that we don't is because of that big word unity again. Unity. First of all, the fullness of time represents a lot of things. And I just need y'all to know that the Bible says until the gospel of kingdom is preached everywhere, that Jesus isn't going to return. So I don't know if y'all have seen that he's supposed to return on the 23rd of September. Have y'all seen that? Has anybody seen it? Say yes if you have. Has anyone ever heard someone get on TV and say, bless God, you better sow your seed of $10,000 because he's coming back and if you don't, you won't get your oil and you won't get to go to heaven. Did you, have y'all heard that? Never believe it because Jesus doesn't know when he's coming back. So I promise dude on TV doesn't know. Are y'all with me so far? And this is the other reason it's not true because the, the bride of Jesus Christ isn't unified. We're picketing against each other church to church. We hate them because of how they worship. We hate them because of what they wear. Because we're counterfeit. Because we're worried about the stupidest things. I'm sorry for that word, but we're worried about the silliest things. I'm not sorry for what I'm saying, though. It doesn't matter. So why don't we see God's great power move? Because we're not unified. Because we don't know us. I'm so worried about you, and I'm so envious of what you've got, and I'm so, and I'm so, and I'm so, and I'm, well, who am I? All the things that I'll ever need have been given to me from heaven. I don't want it if it's not mine. And you can't have it if it is. But I'm so worried about everybody else's problems and what they should be doing and fixing everybody else's life that I can't be comfortable in my own skin. And then I wonder, why can't I be unified when I don't even like me? I know it's awkward, but y'all can talk to me a little bit. Come on. You know what frustrates me? I'm just going to say it because I'm not worried about it. This is what God told me to do so y'all can get mad at God if you want to. I get frustrated when I hear people say, we're going to have a conference. And we're going to bring black people and white people and Hispanic people together. We're going to have a conference. We got church. That's when we're going to bring people together. What does that even mean we're going to have a conference to bring people together? This is me frustrated, if y'all can't tell. Pastor, we just got to get, you know, they worship with them. Who's they? Because guess what? I'm pasty white now. I'm not, I'm not going to change colors unless it turns lobster, and it's ugly when it does. <laughs> get a little sun freckles and junk. But I'm not what I was. I'm what I am in Christ, which means I'm still going to be white tomorrow. 
But I am what I am in Christ, and that's different. I've changed. The old mark can go to hell where it belongs because it's dead. And if you're offended by that, that's a problem. Because you're worried about me saying hell, and I ain't even cussing. I'm telling my old self where to go. But we're so worried about all these things that we try to manipulate people doing life together. If you're not doing life together, you can't manipulate it. It's what you are, not what you say. And if that's not who you are, then they're never going to get it. I'm going to keep going. In verse 11, it says, I'm preaching today a little bit. In him we have obtained an inheritance. This is what I think people struggle with. Let me just be honest with y'all and stop saying that for a second because this is where the rubber's going to meet the road in my life. This is where I've struggled because I can believe it for you, Morgan. And I can believe it for you, Emily. I can believe it for y'all. I can believe it for you. I just can't believe it for me. Do you know why that is? Because I've made myself so common. I know me. And I know all the yuck, and I know all the reasons I don't deserve it. I'm that bad son in the prodigal son that ran off from his daddy. I don't deserve anything good. I actually just deserve punishment. I'm the donkey that has no hope of redemption, except that the lamb's already done it. So whenever I read this, here's how I read it. You know, one day I might get that. Can I tell you when your one day is? This day. Because God doesn't operate like we do because we think if I get my inheritance, bless God, I'll have $2 million. That's not the Pangle family, but y'all just go with me. (laughs) He doesn't give you your inheritance in one beautiful package. He offers you a daily bread, a daily portion that is enough, that is what you need What's the purpose of it? To accomplish his mission and vision in your life? To accomplish the will that he's already put in you? To accomplish the person that before the foundations of the world he placed in you? This is not something that God is coming up with like a painting as he's going, oh, that would be fun for them. Let me, let me add this to their life. Let me add this hardship. Let me add this thing. No, he, he's already known what you're going to be. And if we're in him, everything that I'll ever need has already been given to me. I've just got to walk and receive it. But here's the problem. I'm so envious of you, the only thing I can think about is how can I get what you have? I'm so frustrated with my own life that I look out and I can't celebrate other churches. I just say, why aren't more people coming here? People showing up is not an indicator of me walking in my purpose. Did y'all know that? I can bullcrap my way to a thousand people. Or I can walk into my purpose and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'd rather have that than whatever I can bullcrap my way to. But it's uncomfortable, y'all, because you take off this layer that's called safety. It feels really good because I can keep my head above water and keep myself on the side. It, it feels like when I used to, bad idea, when I used to try to go ice skating, I, some of y'all are ice skaters. I don't know if it's the bigness or what it is, but it don't work. And I was the dude that always held the side. and just like, when does this freaking thing end? Because it's the worst thing ever. Oh, my gosh. And I walked. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You walk on them. (laughs) But that's what it feels like to do Christianity the way we've been doing this counterfeit Christianity. Because God didn't call you to be this. I'm telling you, if this makes you uncomfortable, you don't want what God has for you. He called you to get in the middle and thrive. 
but it's not your kind of thrive where you think, well, sweet, praise God, I get a 5,000-square-foot house. You might get a 10,000-square-foot house, but that ain't got nothing to do with God's blessing on your life. What's, it's everything about his purpose he's put in you. You got to stop thinking super, superficially and start thinking about what heaven's got for you. No man or woman is your provider. Jehovah Jireh is your provider. <laughs> he predestined you according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Do you know who that counsel is? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the three in one, they've got it all figured out. They've got it all together. And all three of them are working in unity and in harmony in your life. The Father pruned you. And so whenever difficulty comes and you think, I hate this and I am walking away from God, one, that's because we didn't have a real faith because a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. But once I'm getting tested, I've got to realize that God's taking me from glory to glory. And that if all I ever want is just easy street, then I don't really want God. And when he's pruning people out of your life, it's because he's got something greater for your, for your life. He's increasing you. And Jesus is the redeemer. Jesus is the lover of your soul. Jesus is that spotless lamb that shouldn't have died, but, in, but he didn't just die. He became death so that you could become his life. So to hell with that old death of mine because Jesus took it and threw it down to hell and took the keys and he's up here waiting on us to pick the keys up and walk into our destiny. In him, when you heard, I circled that in my Bible and I didn't do it today. So I obviously knew something was going to be said sometime in my heart. You know how salvation happens? According to Romans chapter 10, it's those who hear the word and believe. It's those who hear the word and believe. The word is Jesus, and he's alive and active. And when I hear his words, not seeing, seeing is not believing. It's actually the enemy of faith to have to see. But those who hear the word of truth and it leaps in your heart, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. Watch this. This is how the third part works. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Who guarantees my inheritance? Somebody tell me. I just said it so it's awkward that no one's saying it. The Holy Spirit guarantees our inheritance and he's in here. And the spirit of Jesus is living inside of every one of you that are in Christ right now. And he guarantees it. So, pastor, how do I become more? Like, I don't understand how to walk in who I am. You just have to become more of who you already are in Christ. You don't have to fix this. You don't have to manufacture something. You already are all of these things fully matured that just haven't come to the realization in your own mind because you're fighting all these battles that you can let down and say, God, I need you to fight on my behalf. But as long as we try to fix it or as long as we believe God came to repair it and not redeem it, we'll be frustrated the rest of our lives going, I don't understand why they're doing so good. Celebrate what God's doing if you actually believe in your heart that they're in Christ. Because they're part of the team that can bring reconciliation to the whole world. But if you're not reconciled, you can't be a reconciler. He's the guarantee of our inheritance and until we acquire possession of it, 
to the praise of his glory. I want to close with Psalm 133 because I believe it's how I'm supposed to close. And it's a short chapter. And you can skim over this if you're doing like the daily Bible reading because it's three verses. And it's like, that's cool. Next. But my goodness, is this good stuff, y'all. This is David, the psalmist, writing. And I'm telling you, if this isn't prophetic to us today, I don't know what is based on what I just read to you in Ephesians. It says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. This is, the, this is God's people. At the time it was Israel, but you are God's chosen who have been grafted in. If you're in Christ, that's, this is you. And it says, How good and pleasing pleasant it is when we dwell together, when we're, not, when we're not in constant competition, believing we have to outdo each other in how we do things, but we can celebrate each other because if you are called to do 10 and I'm called to do five, then if you do eight and I do five, you're the one that's hurt. So I shouldn't be jealous of your five. And if you're called to do 20, I want to help you get your 20. How good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. Watch what it's like. It says, it's like the precious oil, which is the Holy Spirit's pouring down on us, which both heals and restores and anoints. And we want to have the anointing of God because we love that word. And some of us are afraid of that word, but I promise you want it because this is his stuff being poured down on us. It's his goodness. It's his grace. It's like the oil being poured down on the head and running down the beard of Aaron. This is the picture of the church, y'all. Aaron was the priest. And it starts with the head and goes down through the beard and all the way through. And every part of the body matters. It doesn't say it stops at the head. It says it keeps flowing. It ain't about the pastor. It ain't about the staff. It's about all of us doing this thing together. It's like the dew of Hermon, which is the biggest mountain in all of Israel, which falls on the mountains of Zion. You know why that's important? Because every day is not a rainy day where you just feel blessed, where you just feel amazing, where it's just, God, let it rain, let it rain. Sometimes it's dry, but the dew gets you through. And then this is the part that I want to finish with. This is so good. The last line in this chapter that everybody's afraid of. For there is the Lord, for there the Lord, excuse me, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You know what I think is interesting about this? I grew up Baptist. I've never heard this preached in my entire life. Do you know why? I think most people, I'm not talking about my old pastor, or I think most people are uncomfortable with this because it's the word blessing. Because we think that blessing means happy, full of me. It does mean full, but it's his fullness. If we ever want to see this world completely transformed, we have to start living in where God commanded the blessing. Because I don't want my bread, I want his bread for my life. I don't want to try to do this on my own. I want everything that God's got for me and nothing more. Because if it's not for me, then it will harm me. But we constantly look out and we constantly can't stand ourselves and beat ourselves up and it's frustrating, frustrating. And here's why. 
Because we look at our lives and we say, God, I can believe this for them, but I can't believe this for me. That you called me before time began, that you loved me before time began, that you made me on purpose before you even spoke and created the world. You knew everything about me. You knew all my crap. You knew all the stuff that I would be. And so if that's not enough to deal with, then this is the other side of the coin that makes it frustrating is we look at who we are and we say, yeah, but God, you called me to that, but look at what I've got. So like take this cat, for instance. Why did you quit college, pastor? Why did you run from the Lord? Why did you stop going to North Greenville to be a pastor and you ran instead and became a construction worker? Maybe it's because of this. Maybe it's because when I was in college and I went to college, I had to go on probation. And when I took the SAT, I guessed on every one of the reading comprehension part. Honest to God, I have no idea what I read. And when I got to North Greenville, there's classes that start with one for freshmen, two for sophomore, three for juniors, four for seniors. And Mark's reading class freshman first semester, freshman second semester started with a zero, which means I didn't even get credit for it. <laughs> you feel like a winner. I'm just telling y'all, when you walk into class, you're like, all the athletes, praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Like, we're, we're, the, we're the best. We're awesome. I would be willing to bet whatever you want to bet that I was the only Christian studies major at North Greenville that couldn't read. Oh, I could, I mean, I could put letters together and I could read. I could read fine. But I had no idea what I read, so basically I couldn't read. Why is that? I have been diagnosed with pretty good size ADD. But what I didn't get diagnosed with, but after studying it a ton because of our Haston, I'm pretty sure I had some form of dyslexia. So I began to learn how to see things and I put them together and it, it makes so much sense now. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's a curse, right? Like, do we not ever do this? So I'm supposed to read the Bible and I'm scared to death to read out loud? Now, if I had it memorized, I could let it go. I can talk in front of people. I could do that when I was six. That's never been a problem. But God, I can't read the Bible and know what you said, so how does it work? But here's what's so funny about the way that we look at it is what I had failed to realize is when I listened to the Bible, I could memorize it. And what I thought was a curse, I'm gonna cry. This is what we do wrong, y'all. I refuse today because I want y'all to get this and not just think I'm being emotional. What we, what we do so often is we look at our curse or the bad thing that just happened and we say, God, why did you let this happen instead of, and what if we started doing this, y'all? God, I'm gonna lean in because I don't know why you took away what I wanted, but I guarantee it's because you wanted to give me what I needed to accomplish your mission on this planet. And here's what I can tell you today. I can read better than I used to because I've kind of learned how. But if I listen to a book on Audible, I memorize it. I can regurgitate a book back to you. It's not every word, so I don't want y'all to get like, holy cow, he's Rain Man. I'm not quite that level. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's amazing. So when I'm walking in here and I'm praying, I listen to messages, and I could literally go back and preach what they just preached. And Leah looks at me and says, you are a freak. How does that happen? You know what I used to say? I wish I could read like you. You know what I say now? To God be the glory because he's got something for me that I wish that I didn't have. But it's actually a gift if I would just open my eyes the way he wants me to see it. Most of us hate ourselves because we look at the things that we look at and go, Ugh, if I could just change my life. 
And God looks at you with a big smile and says, if you would just let me change your life. I don't know that a bunch of y'all are supposed to be pastors, but I know a bunch of you. I know all of y'all are supposed to have a kingdom impacting life just like I am. And God doesn't look at us and say, well, there's the pastor. So blessed be the Lord. He's not up there looking at me going, I'm smiling down on the pastor today because I got more oil going on him. He's looking at us going, if y'all ever do this together, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. I mean, like, nothing can stop you. There's no weapon formed against us that can prosper. There's literally nothing that can stop us. But we got to stop taking no weapon formed against us that can prosper and stop trying to do it alone. It's only in unity that we get everything that we've ever wanted. Actually, let me change that because our wants die, that we get all we ever needed. And so if you're walking around this earth today, in your life, whatever you live, whatever you came in with and you couldn't say, it is well with my soul, I'm telling you to put it to bed and pick up who you actually are because this is what God wants for you, for you to be comfortable where you are in him that the old thing is gone, that you're not going to be sinless because that's impossible, but you will want to sin less because you will see him in his beauty and say, how in the world do you love me? But you do, and I love you back, and I choose you today. Whatever it is, wherever you tell me to go, I'm putting the old junk away, and I'm picking up grace. I'm picking up Jesus. I choose you. The only way that the counterfeit is dead is if we pick up the real thing and say, I want that. I will be that. I don't care if you're black or white, male or female, Hispanic, whatever you are, you're my brother and sister in Christ. You're closer to some of my family members in Christ because you're my people. Not just four points, but every brother and sister in Christ. I'm tired of the games and I'm tired of being afraid of not saying what's real. This is real. And no longer will we be afraid. We will stand up and say, I am one of his. And I will live in the commanded blessing. And I will be one of his children. And I will walk with him for the rest of my life. Will I fall? Absolutely. But my brothers and sisters in Christ will pick me up. But I will be me in Christ. So here's what I believe. That there's some of you in here that have never said yes. Watch this. To the actual lover of your soul. You may have said yes to an idea, but Jesus is not an idea. He's the real thing. And he wants you to remember that you had no hope, but he decided to be the lamb to take away your sins. He died on the cross and then he rose again. He killed death so that you could have his life. And today, some of you need to say yes to Jesus for the first time and mean it. And I just believe everybody else, there's some business you got to do with God and I'm going to let you decide. If you want to stand, if you want to come down here, I believe this is a personal decision. And I don't want to manipulate that in any way. I want you to do what you got to do. If you want to kneel at your seat, if you want to come down here, but if God's tugging on your heart, you do it. Will you pray with me, God? I believe you're moving in this place right now. I believe you're changing hearts. And God, you set all this up. It's so funny. I had such great plans, but the heart of a man plans his way, but you establish our steps. And I believe these steps are way better than the ones I had planned. So God, today, your will is being done. And we declare the commanded blessing and unity in Jesus' name.
I need to know with your heads bowed and eyes closed, who's the person or the people in this room that would say, you're talking straight to me. And for the first time, I want the real thing. I want Jesus to save my life. If that's you, just throw your hand up as high as you can. You know you want it. Come on, as high as you can. Keep it up. As high as you can, as high as you can. I want Jesus to change my life. Thank you. Keep it up. I want Jesus to change my life today and forever. I choose the real thing. I choose Jesus to change my life right now. Jesus, you see these hands and we respond to you, Lord, not, not with an act that's crazy. Lord, we don't have to fall on our face. We, don't do we can just worship you and say, God, we don't even know what all it is, but we worship you before anything happens and trust that you've already made a way. Lord, we're going to respond exactly like we feel the need to, whether it's coming down here to the altar and laying it at your feet or worshiping privately or lifting our hands and weeping before you. But God, we choose the commanded blessing and to walk in unity. And we choose to be who you made us to be, not who you made somebody else to be. God, you made me on purpose with all my flaws and all the things that I wished I could have changed. God, you made them so that what I needed could actually be seen. So the world could know that Jesus is the way. God, we choose reconciliation so that we can be your reconcilers. We love you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Y'all stand and sing with us.